space. Well, not really. Take two. Here, in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best things since the neutral zone. And we are back, Code 47 Podcast, on the Secret Friends Unite Podcasting Network. Uh, this is Charlie Carden, your Trek Lord of West Michigan, uh, captain of the USS Grand Petoskey, a Starfleet International fan club chapter, uh, here bringing you episode 40 of our wonderful program. I would be nowhere without my co-hosts. I only have one co-host this week because uh, Aaron is famously not crazy about the animated stuff, but Rich and I, you know, we love everything. So I'm here with Rich, who is my chief engineer and the trek surf of <laughs> the trek <laughs> surf of uh, greater rural minnesota so richard right. how are you today i'm i'm loving life man i'll tell you that's it's 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 good stuff i'm i here's why i'm so glad i'm done with the animated series so glad. you know there is a certain amount of satisfaction in anything in life where you get through something unpleasant and you're like we just <laughs> got it over with it's okay that's that's going to work. So um so yeah, so that's good. But yeah, we're going to endeavor to to roll through uh the 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 concept of the animated series. Uh brief history. Obviously, the original series we all know was canceled in the summertime or late last episode aired in June of 1969. So we're 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 kind of past an anniversary on that. It's been 52 years since the end of the original series. Um, which is totally nuts, totally nuts. Um, but it was just a scant few years after that, that the good question mark, uh, folks at the filmation (laughs) studios, uh, got the rights to do an animated series, which aired on NBC. And I would have to double check my facts, but I feel like this was, if this wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon, it absolutely had that feel. Uh, it, it ran for a full season of, see, it looks like I cut that off. No, it ran for a full season of. How many episodes? Oh, anyway, there was there was twenty. I, I had that edit point and I and I dropped it. So it ran for oh here we go. Uh, the first season was sixteen episodes, mm-hmm. and then we popped over. Unless I just didn't do this right, sixteen to oh did I lose one in my? So here's the bottom line: is we might end up losing one because I think I might have cut this wrong. But regardless, <laughs> <laughs> it ran for about it ran yeah it ran for like fifteen total two twenty two total episodes. Um, but yes, we're, we're going to go through these kind of quickly, um, because there's 22 of them and the, in the segments were only half an hour. So, um, there's only 21 in our review though. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let, let, let me double check my math while you start talking about this first episode here. So we'll we'll do a, we'll do a little on the fly. So you go right ahead. All right. So episode one from season one is called the beyond the farthest star directed by Hal Sutherland and written by Samuel A. Peoples. It premiered in ni- uh, September of 1973, and while exploring on the outermost rim of the galaxy, the USS Enterprise is pulled back into the orbit of a dead star. Trapped there, the crew discovers that there's an ancient derelict pod ship trapped with them as well. Oh, pod ships. Yeah. Um Kind of a kind of a cool. I did find our missing episode. It was the beginning of season two, so um, kind of an interesting kickoff. But again, interesting in so much that like, what's this all about? But ultimately, I think what we're going to say about a lot of these episodes is that it just looks really chintzy. Oh god! Uh, well, that's the filmation thing, right? That's right. That's just that's how they work. They reuse so many like backgrounds and foregrounds and. Side grounds. Everything. Everything. The head is the same head from like every freaking episode of this season or this series. Right. Just the mouth and the eyes move, you know? Exactly. uh, So, yeah. And and that's my that's my greatest fear about all this is that it all just kind of evaporates into now they're doing this other thing or whatever. Now, that that being said, a couple of these first episodes really do stand out like uh, episode two. Uh, is yesteryear, and this is one of the first. A, it got a, it got a, uh, a sequel novel in the early right. days of the novels, again or not yeah. canonical. Um, but it was one of the first and kind of most prominent that got worked back into canon, actually quite f- uh, formatively with um, 
with uh, Star Trek Enterprise, which, I, which Richie, I know that you've not seen a lot of them. But, oh no, I haven't. I haven't um, finished but, the second season yet. But yeah, yesteryear, yesteryear has to do. It brings back the Guardian of Forever. Uh, Spock has to travel into the past to rescue his younger self uh, from danger. I would say, and this was written by 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 Dorothy Fan, DC Fantana uh, yes. Fantana, who is one of the one of the big wigs of the original series. So this is absolutely the pinnacle of the series. I mean, they peaked way early yeah. because they they had their best work right here um <laughs> it's really great so yeah you're seeing you know spock take on this role where he's got to really save himself uh from death it really it, it mirrors for lack of a better expression um the city on the edge of forever where there was a critical event in the past that changed the present um and so they have to spock has to go back and and save himself uh from death in the vulcan's forge and you're introduced to his pet cellot which is referred to in the series so i oh, love God. it this, this, is, this is the one that i actually liked the rest of these richie why don't you take why, why don't you take it over from here because i don't know what else to say at this exact point okay so the the visualization on spock's giant vulcan pet dog thing was really really weird like right Stick a horn on it, isn't that like? Wasn't that like the way that they they go? I mean, just stick a horn, horn on it, right? That's what they should I have mean, just done. That's TOS well, basic with anything, right. don't you, Don't you remember the the dog from mm-hmm. the the enemy within yeah, with the two Kurtz? They split with the train. This is the same thing. Same thing. Um, they just didn't have to try to wrangle an actual bear because it's animated. So <laughs> any anyway, moving 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 right along. What else yep. we got? We've got uh, one of our planets is missing. The next episode, it's the Enterprise encounters a giant cloud creature that feeds off the energy of the planets that lie in its path. They determine that it is heading for Mantilles, home of a Federation colony governed by former Starfleet officer Bob Wesley, who was featured in the TOS episode, The Ultimate Computer. So they're they're doing the thing where they're they're trying to they're trying to revisit elements of the original show, which makes sense because that's going to be um, at this point. You know, the show had uh, garnered popularity and syndication from you know 1970 1971 basically up to this point so uh you had had fans who actually watched it and again the the travesty of the original star trek is that immediately after the show was canceled and finally off the air nielsen's rating system was completely revised and they went Mm -hmm. back they crunched old numbers and they found out that star trek was the biggest hit that had ever been (laughs) <laughs> so it's like they were like, we fucked up. We got to do something about it. Right. This, ser- this series being the response to that. So, again, I, I, could <laughs> prob- I could probably dig in and we'll learn a little bit more as we go as to why they couldn't really just find a way to revive it. Um, but again, this was their answer. But, um, yeah, Bob Wesley, who was that was I love the ultimate computer, particularly, you know, Richie, we were talking last night because we watched. Uh, Space Seed uh, in yeah. your inaugural watch party for the chapter, and yep. we were talking about the remastered edition, which uh, editions of the original series, which came out uh, for the 40th anniversary in 2006. Um, the Ultimate Computer was a great benefit to that because you got all these beautiful visuals of these Constitution class ships fighting and doing different stuff. So that was really cool. But oh, yeah. uh, ultimately, like I said, reading through this, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head one one episode from a next. <laughs> well, I've got. Go ahead, please. This this episode just started to bring out like certain inadequacies in this show. Now they like you have the Lieutenant Eric's, right? I don't know what right. I don't know what species he is, but he's got the third arm and a yes, really exactly. weird face. He was but, the because it was obvious because Walter Koenig was the only one of the original cast that didn't sign on to this show. Right. They were they had they had to replace him. Yep, but his voice is comically overdone, like right. like so comically overdone, and. Okay, a couple other things about this episode that bothered the crap out of me. This whole episode boils down to giving a cloud a tummy ache, right? Mm -hmm. This whole episode was basically, let's give a cloud a tummy ache. And Spock with his sexual innuendo (laughs) in his communication, it was it was really weird. And he, he, he it contained lines like. I am inside you. <laughs> so Leonard Nimoy had to say these lines. And who, who, to, who knows how many takes that really took. Right, right. Like, good Lord. I, I, yeah. I know. Oh my Some, gosh. 
Some of this is so ill-advised. <laughs> right, this whole exactly. series is ill-advised, but in, some in, of it just... in particular under a lens of uh, of uh, modern day. You know, right. and the next episode, the, the next episode is a great example of the Lorelei signal. Uh, which is uh, investigating a sector of space where uh, starships have disappeared every 27 years. Uh, Enterprise finds a race of beautiful women, uh, women living on Taurus 2. Um, so this episode launches into the absolutely ridiculous notion that the women have to be in charge because the men are ineffectual yeah. because of the alien women in there because they're too beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, what man. what what a product of the times! <laughs> what a product of the times! So yeah, exactly. So you have to, you know, Uhura has to take command, and then Nurse Chapel is obviously her executive officer, chief surgeon, whatever it is, um, because all the men are like, Ooh, because of yeah, the the siren song of these women. So yeah, again, something that that really clearly played out. Back in the day, but today just looks absolutely ridiculous. So, oh yeah, yeah. And was that was that Jimmy doing singing? He does almost everything on this show. Okay, uh, All right. Jimmy that doing is okay. yeah. He's just he's so many different. This was really his. This was his Super Bowl. This entire series. He was just <laughs> he was just like we call this this episode Jimmy Jimmy doing Super Bowl. I think that that's I think that's what we might have to name it. So, uh, anyway, moving along. Um, we actually had a bright spot in episode number five. Richie, go ahead. Uh, we have more troubles, or more triples, more troubles. And it was while the USS Enterprise escorts two robot cargo ships carrying Quinto Triticale, Triticale, yeah, a new seed grain to famine-stricken Sherman's planet. It encounters a Klingon battle cruiser pursuing a Federation scout ship. When the Enterprise rescues the pl- the pilot. The Klingons attack with a new energy weapon and demand that the pilot be handed over to them. And I love the fire of the energy weapon, and it hits, and it's like fireworks, fireworks, yeah, flashing, <laughs> flashing. It's it's, a, it's an epileptic's nightmare trying to watch this I, stuff. I know it was oh terrible. My gosh. So yeah, but at least you know, again, we we get we get a call back to arguably one of the most popular episodes of the original series. So again, they're reaching, um, uh, they're they're reaching to make a connection. And I, and it's funny I can I, I kind of feel like the next <laughs> the next episode the survivor is almost exactly the same as the early early series episode what are little girls made of or something right uh, yeah because yeah it says, it says patrolling the neutral zone the Enterprise finds a ship manned by Carter Winston a Federation citizen and philanthropist who has been missing for five years and there's there's a crewman on board who was his fiance and he comes on board and he says, and I'm just, you know, I'm not that into you anymore or whatever. And it was the exact same plot line of the original series episode. And this, a- I think her name was Anne. I might just be kind of throwing that out there is also voiced by Majel Barrett Roddenberry, who oh. was nurse chapel in the first episode. <laughs> so all they did was change her. I think she even has blonde hair. She's just in a red uniform, meaning that she's, you know, she's an engineering or security instead of being in the sciences. So right. right. Really, 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 really thin. But if you want to talk about really thin, unless you have any additional uh, thoughts on episode six, episode seven is. Well, I do. I, I, I just don't even want to. But go ahead, please. Go ahead. About so, OK, six. so so episode six introduces the idea of wealth for I think for like the first time that I can think of in the Star Trek universe i don't think they mix i don't think wealth and star trek mix i think people always talk about that utopia where like you know money is evenly distributed or wealth is evenly distributed right. and, well yeah it, in like, the, you know in, in looking at ds9 i mean obviously you know uh, the, the ferengi are obviously driven by fine but in the federation he even had jake say i'm human we don't we don't have money we right. don't do money because yeah. everything exactly. that they all their material needs come out of a replicator what are they what would they need money for to, right. to get a replicator right but i mean Carter Winston is he's he's part of the Federation, right? He's a he's a Federation citizen. So what's he what's he a philanthropist with? Nothing. He, he's a philanthropist. <laughs> he's it, it's it sounds like this is it's the Seinfeld of Star Trek. It's a it's a <laughs> philanthropy about nothing. <laughs> philanthropy about nothing. <laughs> oh my god. So anyway, episode episode seven. Episode seven is the Infinite Vulcan, and it is 
Oh wait, this I, I just took your I just took your thing. This is yours. You got to do this one, right? Oh, we're doing you, onesie twosie, cat. I know. I, I don't thought we care. were doing onesie twosie, but okay. Well, well absolutely. Right. No, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. It's okay. And because yeah, yeah. I think it's particularly interesting that it has uh, Walter Koenig as the writer. That's right. Of this episode. That's right. There, but he's not. He doesn't do voice. Maybe maybe he was at a point in his career who was like, I'm not doing acting anymore. I'm going to be a serious writer. Blah blah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, while explore uh, while visiting the newly discovered planet Philos, Lieutenant Sulu picks up a walking plant called a retclaw and is poisoned. The alien species that inhabit the planet, who are plant-like beings, approach and save Sulu's life by kidnap Mister Spock. Am I thinking of this one as the one where we get the giant-sized Spock? I yes, feel like this. Th- is the, th- okay. Yeah, this is the giant Spock. I think, right? This was um, well, the infinite Vulcan. Yeah, absolutely. And you have the guy who's basically he's got a mullet and he's not wearing a shirt, and it's just you get the giant <laughs> Spock and the little Spock. They talk to each other. He does a mind meld by touching with his finger. I mean, there is just a lot of like. There's Spock too. They literally call one of them Spock too. Right, like Luke in the Star Wars <laughs> right, with, with two U's. Right, yeah, Luke. Luke. <laughs> oh my God. What, yeah, why so, not call? Why not call him Spork? Spork or something. Right. Give him a different name. Give, change but, the first letter. Call him you know Trock or something. I don't know. Yeah. Spock, or Spock, yeah. Spock backwards. Right. K. Yeah, oh, or something. K. Pox. K. Pox. Oh my gosh. Something so yeah. Right now there is a giant Spock still running around. Well, well, I guess if yeah, we talked about this a little bit later on, if we decide it's canonical or not canonical. So, yeah. um, So anyway, episode eight, the magics of Megastu. Megastu? Megastu, I thought it was. I don't know. Go ahead. Go go ahead. I I can't stop you. (laughs) Oh, one other thing about the Infinite Vulcan. It came out the day after I was born. Oh, my God. It's an an omen. You were meant to talk about this someday because um, it, because it was they were sitting there they were ready to push the button and and press play on the you know beta max or whatever it was that they t- 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 uh, to the show uh, or, or my mother watched this episode and went into labor Could I don't be, know yeah. what it is it was just it was too so <laughs> so while exploring near the center of the galaxy the USS Enterprise is caught inside an energy matter vortex and all her computer systems failed. A being named Lucian appears on the bridge, repairs the ship's system, and takes the crew to explore the planet Megas 2. Again, (laughs) phenomenally forgettable. I couldn't tell you one other detail about this episode. I'm sorry. This this is the trippiest freaking episode. There's like a magic Kirk and like a freaking fawn and like... So, also, Kirk casts lucian out and then saves him it like they tried to make like this biblical thing out of it i think it was very strange episode like somebody was dropping acid i think well it was it was gonna say yeah when you put in acid and a biblical reference i won't say how can you go wrong i will say how can you go right right and it went right (laughs) out the window so oh my so oh my god so uh episode nine uh once upon a planet, uh, the Enterprise is revisiting the amusement park. First seen in the in the Trek episode Shore Leave, hoping for some rest and relaxation. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, they have more hallucinations. They have more fantasies. Shit goes wrong. Um, I think you see the underground of this planet, so a little bit more of kind of how the sausage is made. And ultimately, <laughs> it was 22 minutes of who cares. Well, it was it was also 22 minutes of the backup comms officer. I can't remember her name, but she's constantly purring and it's hysterical. Oh, that but, is. Uh, oh, God, I know. The, uh, why am I? Is it Morel? Is it Morel? Right. It, yeah. Or Morales. It's Morales. That's Morales. Yeah. And again, that's, uh, you know, talk about, you know, where there's only so many females that we could ever hire to do any of this. It's Major Barrett Roddenberry God, doing really? the voice of that. So, yeah, oh. exactly. So her and remember, she was the. She was the uh, chapel knockoff a couple of episodes ago with Carter Winston. So, oh God. Uh, also, so McCoy just—I think McCoy at one point in this episode laments the fact that they don't make plantation houses the way they used to. For God's sakes! <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag cancel bones. Oh my God! What is happening? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, hasn't aged well. What's a new thing? Uh, 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 culturally outdated uh, references. Yeah. Oh, my oh yeah. God. Good grief. So, 
Oh, anyway, all right, uh, up next, number 10. Moving on. Episode 10 is Mud's Passion. The USS Enterprise receives orders to arrest Federation outlaw Harry Mudd, who is accused of selling fake love crystals? Intercepting Harry on the mining colony of Motherlode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. They, bring, they bring him aboard the Enterprise. So... Inappropriate sexual connotation this, for Saturday this morning episode, cartoon. Yes, this makes Harry Mudd basically a sex criminal, right? Right. He, sex, he, sell, he sells sex criminal drugs to willing clients, and then Nurse Chapel tries to Bill Cosby Spock. What is going on? I got three. I got three words for you, my friend. Funky cold Medina. <laughs> This is the funky cold Medina of space. That could be another. Oh my God! You know you're gonna have to keep track of these so that we get oh. to the end of it. We figure out what to what to call this. So I'll write that one down, but I can't remember. Oh, it's Scotty Super Bowl, right? I did. I actually recorded that one, but yeah, it's gonna be hard to come up with one that can be kind of all encompassing. So it's just yeah, it's bad. It's it's <laughs> Bill Cosby this... actually. Bill Cosby actually got let out of jail today. There was a there, there was what? a return sentence. Yep. Yeah, I oh. saw a head. I saw a headline just like 30 minutes ago. I know it sucks. Great, that's wonderful. Yeah, it was. A, it was a, then How timely is my comment? And he, Jeez. And he, yeah, he sent he sent a, a, a gif of Lionel Hutz from The Simpsons saying, "I move for a bad court thingy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the judge goes, "You mean a mistrial? That's why you're the judge, and I'm the law talking guy." <laughs> law talking guy. <laughs> oh my gosh! So episode 11 is the time trap. Oh my while exploring God. while exploring the Delta Triangle, which actually, if I look at this, you can't see, but if I look at this map behind me, there's actually the Delta Triangle was on the original version of this map of the Federation that hangs in my in my dining room, um, where many starships have disappeared. So it's a Bermuda Triangle, obviously. The Enterprise is attacked by several Klingon vessels, and then they're caught in an ion storm. An Enterprise and one Klingon battlecruiser are drawn into a space-time vortex and end up in a timeless dimension now i would be all over this one except for there's an early episode of uh tng which kind of steals a portion of this plot line the the where no man where no one has gone before where they mm. they get the it's the traveler and they get the time boost and they end they jump three galaxies away into this time where you know everything you imagine comes true and time is has no meaning and it, it let's all let's all do the time warp again <laughs> oh my god my that could god. be another one write it down yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so i don't it's silly it's silly and they introduce you know some new ship designs in this like oh there's that ship it's been lost for there's some stuff in here that that's kind of canon contradictory which really lends itself more to the fact that um that that this is not canonical but we'll, we'll get to that you know more as time goes by but anyway your thoughts about this one this was the episode where everything was shrinking right um, is this no, the I shrinking episode? I don't, I don't, no, I, I don't think so. Is it? I thought they, I thought they threw Chapel into a, into like a tank to go and get something, and she couldn't swim. Am I thinking of the wrong episode here? Do I have my notes messed up? I might, I might be on drugs. Let's just say that that's correct. Th this whole, this whole series is so surreal. I'm, not, I'm just really not that even. I'm sure, still, but I'm still tripped out from the last episode I, from the Megas two. <laughs> yeah, that was like the trippiest episode of Star Trek I've ever seen. Like it, like I, it just blew my mind. I had to make sure I wasn't on drugs when I was watching it. I was like, what is going on here? Oh my God. I feel like as we go, I'm going to have to click on each one. So <laughs> uh, be, be, because, because it doesn't really make it. No, no, no. That's the next one. Yeah. If you go to the next one, which is the Terraton incident, it does say in this uh, in this episode, after an apparent attack, the Enterprise crew find themselves uh, beginning to shrink to the point that they will no longer be able to control the ship. So you were close. I was. But close. that's that's episode twelve. You got it, what? dude. Episode twelve says. Uh, I know. A burnt out supernova. The USS Enterprise picks up a strange message transmitted in a two hundred year old code. Well, I guess they must be the same. So I you see you see, you see how difficult this one is. This show. Um, <laughs> it is this damn show, but I will tell you that episode thirteen I thought was kind of cool. Believe episode, it or not, uh, the ambergris incident or ambergris element. Yes. While exploring the water planet Argo, Captain Kirk and Mister Spock are transformed into water breathers by the planet's Ooh. undersea inhabitants, the Aquans. Oh, so aptly named. In order to return to their normal selves, they must enlist the help of the Aquans to capture a lion, a giant sur snake whose venom holds the antidote. Wait. I. I Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. 
Something's fishy here. Ah, come they, on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But really, something is definitely is definitely fishy here. They transformed them. They are now going to help them go capture the only snake that whose venom can can change them back. Say what? <laughs> Where's the logic in that? And why, well, I was going to say, well, Spock is there, so I, I'm sure informing to logic, uh, right. the, the lack of logic, I'm sure it would. But the reason I kind of dig on this is that one of my one of the first story arcs that I can remember from reading the old Star Wars comic, the the first Marvel Star Wars comic, um, was right around in the in the issue 73 or 75 where Luke and Leia were on the water world and the Empire yeah. attacked and then they, they got stuck underwater and they met Kiro. Do you remember? Do you, did you yes. are you familiar with the series? Oh, yeah. I loved that. So that has, for me, spawned a love of like underwater, like disaster kind of scenario. So I kind of dug that. But yeah, you're right. When you really break it down, they have to go, th- their whole thing is to capture a snake so they can get back to their original, s- you know, s- state. But then why were they transformed in the first place? You know, it's, it's, it's too much. It is too much. <laughs> but, but we do get to hear Captain Kirk roar when he gets that cure. Like when, when Bones like stabs him with the cure, I have to, I have to wonder if Shatner did that himself, like if that was his roar, cause it's some sort of like bizarre thing. And I'm like, is that Shatner? <laughs> like listening he to it, I'm thinking to myself, the kid, he didn't, but he, didn't pull, he didn't pull in a ringer on that one. Oh uh, my I don't goodness. Know. I don't know. It was fantastic though. It was a fantastic, horrible roar. My God. Uh, moving on. Episode 14, The Slaver Weapon. Uh, in the shuttlecraft Copernicus, Spock, Uhura, and Sula are en route to a starbase to deliver a stasis box, a rare artifact uh, of the slaver culture of the uh, – a rare artifact of slaver culture when the Kazinti interfere. Now, the Kazinti are – they're basically some bear cat people. Uh, yeah. But what's significant <laughs> here is that they have been pulled into – Current canon in Star yeah. Trek Picard because of uh, when uh, Picard and uh, the other the other robot uh, the other android gal who's I always mix up the two of them escape to that planet and Riker and Troy are their refuge on Nepenthe. Um, Riker makes reference to Kazinti raiders and that's why he has this security net over his house. So I thought huh. that was super cool. So that dips back into. You know, the more I think about it, this is this series is a little bit more like Star Wars's extended universe. Yeah, there are there are bits and pieces that are of value, so they get they get plucked out, and you get to leave the rest of it where it belongs, which is in limbo. Oh my God! Um, you tell look they they thwarted these guys. They thwarted the Kazinti by thinking of vegetables. That, that is what I remember about it. <laughs> Again, is that a little heavy-handed marketing for the kids? Like, kids eat your vegetables because that's know. what Sulu had to do to defeat the bear cat people. Like, how 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 bad is Filmation's animation that, like, their big action sequence is them thinking at each other of things? Like, close your eyes and think. And that and the music does all the work, right? Right? Oh my god. And again, I, I'm fairly certain that that our uh, somewhat whimsical take on the entire series will draw ire from someone who's listening to this, to which I have to say our Twitter is at Secret Friends You. Please <laughs> let us know. We we want to hear all about it. So anyway, I, I, I do. I really want to hear somebody talk to me even potentially outside of the lens of complete nostalgia of why this is great. Yeah. I, I'm very curious on why someone looks at this even wedged between the somewhat rampant silliness of the original series and the, it took a while, but we got there quality of star Trek, the next generation and, <laughs> and, and tell me where this fits in, within that. Cause I would like to right. know, I would yeah. absolutely like to know. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're getting into the home stretch. We're almost out of season one and almost into the season two, which was very short because I'm I assuming it got it got the axe. Uh, but uh, Richie uh, uh, no is oh no this one is me. Uh, the Eye of the Beholder episode fifteen. The disappearance of a scientific team leads the USS Enterprise to uh, investigate near Latara Seven. The starship Ariel is located there, abandoned, with its captain having been transported to the planet's surface. These recaps are really not the save-all that I want them to be, because I'm like, 
what in the <laughs> hell does anything? Yeah, because then I have to go to the wiki page and I have because again I, I struggle to keep any of these in my mind of right. like. You could ask me about a TOS episode, and I could say, I'll tell you all about that because I've seen it 50 times. I've struggled now. This is maybe the third total time that I've gone all the way through the series, oh, and God. it's a struggle every single aspect of it. Uh, it says here in this episode, the disappearance of uh, investigated disappearance, the command crew become in prison as part of an alien zoo. Okay, right. that makes sense. What yeah. was in the first description really didn't. So <laughs> um, I don't, you got any notes on this one? I, I do. First of all, Cannabis 3? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay. I mean, you know. And then, and then of course, Bones gets pinned under this monster at the beginning of this episode. It's like, how did he not see that coming? It was a giant monster. Why don't you get out of the way, Bones? What are you doing? Just hitting it. And then he's kicking and screaming, and they left him under there for a good long while but while they were trying to get him out. How's he not dead? What are their air pockets? I don't understand. Sure, why not? It's, it's, it seems very convenient that that's, that, that, that's the case. So, um, <laughs> also, Bones shows his racist bones again. Like when he's like, he really goes after Spock in in these later episodes of season one and into season two. He's after Spock. Damn, bloody Vulcan and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh my god, dude. You've got to calm down on this. Yeah, let's just let's just turn it up here, advanced twenty third century society. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh my God! Well, speaking of a really unhealthy throwback, episode sixteen is called the Jihad. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my. So God. yes, we have the the Enterprise uh, invives. Oh, I. You know what? This one's yours. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you got it. The Enterprise uh, arrives at the Vendala asteroid, where Captain Kirk and Mister Spock are being summoned to learn about a stolen religious artifact, the soul of score whose theft could in, ignite a intergalactic holy war. Uh, well, I, uh, I just think it's a great idea to not do this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just, you know, huge religious themes are just not my, not, not my scene. Right. Um, and I just, yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, geez. Uh, this is a weird. Uh, yeah, Captain uh, Spock become involved in a secret quest to retrieve a stolen artifact to present prevent a warrior race from attacking the galaxy. That sounds fine, but calling something the jihad and then uh, I yeah. just I just 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 leave it right out of there. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. yeah just just get right out of town. It's it, it, it's a it's a it's a bad play, mm. holy war. And again, it's really antithetical to the fact that Gene Roddenberry, who is an atheist, right. was complete was completely opposed to religious themes in Star Trek at uh, all. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that, that that's where this doesn't really fit the bill, and maybe Stephen Candle, who wrote it, is a Johnny Bible thump. I have no idea, but th- th- this is very not Star Trek to me. So yeah, oh, even to, even to the point that Kirk is shunning. There's some woman I can't remember her name, but she's like coming on to him, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, get away, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, oh yeah, God. that Ray, doesn't happen. Come on, come on. So, yeah, that uh, yeah, that's 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 very Saturday morning cartoon. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, no, no. We, go way over there. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we leave season two and we head in season one and we head into season two uh, with what I think is a pretty decent one. Uh, the Pirates of Orion. Sp- mm. While Spock lies ill, Orion pirates hijack the drug shipment desperately needed to save his life. This I dig. This is uh, this is capitalization on a race that we really didn't see in the original series. Well, we saw, you know, we saw Yvonne Craig as a crazy, uh, basically Orion slave girl in a season three episode of TOS, which was right. the the one with Garth Vizar. I'm drawing a blank on the name where they're at the they're at the penal colony for the crazies. Um, oh, God. And then we got a lot yeah. more development on the Orions as as a race and as a culture in a few episodes of Enterprise a little bit later on in the series. Uh, and then there was the Orion Syndicate, which is on Deep Space Nine. So this was a nice early tip-off and, and probably an inspiration to those later works I was referencing to, because I know in particular, in that final season of Enterprise, uh, Manny Cotto was a showrunner, and he was a guy who had been in, had been responsible for the show 24, which I'm very, very, very fond of. Oh, yeah, that's um, a great show. And uh, so he was... You know, like I said, not that he'll ever hear us talking about this, but he was one who really adored the show and 
if this found its way into, he would probably absolutely be blowing up our Twitter and saying what <laughs> hacks we are not to not be uh, worshiping this great work. But again, outside of the lens of nostalgia and as a cartoon, yeah, a lot of this is very flat for me. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, look, it, what what's what's so what's so cutting edge about this? They took the Huron is a bizarre looking ship. It, they but basically you had somebody say, all right, draw a spaceship. Now it needs to be a Star Trek spaceship, so slap some nacelles on the sides of it. Right. Now it's a Star Trek spaceship. Right. You know? We got it. We yeah, like, exactly. A for effort? Question mark. Yeah. A B minus C plus for effort? Maybe. Probably C plus for effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very and Kirk, C- Kirk negotiates <laughs> with terrorists in this one. Oh and my. Okay. C plus for effort is now the name of this episode. <laughs> Keep talking. My 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 favorite interaction though does happen in this episode, which between it's between Kirk and Bones, and Bones is going on and on about like all the things that are happening to Spock and da 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 and Kirk says something along the lines of come on Bones cut to the chase and <laughs> Bones just looks at him straight face which of course you can the only face that you can do in this film filmation but because just, because no one really has it they have like three expressions each maybe right right uh he just go he just says Spock has a virus and that's it it's like oh okay well see that was really a I lot got it Spock. <laughs> oh my god so okay moving on bem episode uh 18 yeah the enterprise crew is taken captive by a race of primitives on a newly discovered planet i that dude comes apart at the waist and then he gropes kirk and spock that is a me too incident waiting to happen. <laughs> I got, but yeah, I, like I said, I'm clicking on these links as we go. Um, let's see the episode, this episode marks the first time captain James T Kirk's full name is given revealing his middle initial, uh, stood for Tiberius after the Roman emperor. So that's canonical. Ah, there you go. So again, the cherry picking of Canon kind of evolves into this deal. So, uh, yes, the enterprise must cope with the diplomatically sensitive issue involving a guest officer who meddles in a critical mission. So, you know, a meddling, you know, and, you know, Federation type or whatever is that, that, that's, that, that's kind of par for the course. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The splitting in the middle and the groping and let, let's just, let's just move on. Yeah, I think we should. This episode left me wishing I had moved on from this right. life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to live on this planet. <laughs> yeah, anymore. Exactly. Um, and episode 19, uh, this, th- this is, this is basically the Dick Weed and fart jokes of this series. Right here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> referring to Kevin Smith, of course. Uh, yeah, let's see. A strange energy field causes the enterprise computer to play practical jokes on the crew, but this humor soon turns to danger. And I feel like this one gave us the holodeck for some it- reason did give us a holodeck my note holy shit a holodeck <laughs> right exactly so yeah it was something that like because the next series that came out was tng and they fully embraced that but they they also uh they also said well this is a great new technology whatever it is obviously invalidating this back to be um back to be non-canon so yeah the rec room in this episode is a forerunner of the holodeck uh, which is very big in later series, but again, there's a lot of like really asinine humor. Like, oh, Kirk gets his un- he gets his uniform out of the the <laughs> refresher, and it says Kirk is a jerk on the back of his uniform. And again, Flash. Dick Weed and fart jokes. Your six year old kid would be like, oh my god, that's the funniest thing I've ever right. heard. Right. Uh, I, I, I wrote that this may be the worst episode yet, and that was after watching that that Bem episode. So. Oh, like, yeah, it was. It was just it was it was the slow slide to the, the last three episodes here. I so, know. The, uh, the, so, anyway. the the other thing about this, there the, when they spilled drinks on 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 their on their uniforms, there are these white stains that are on their uniforms. I'm like, this is a kids show. What is happening here? This is bizarre, absolute it's, bizarreness. It's, and the Klingons are fly, there are Romulans flying Klingon ships. Was there no? There were well, no, that like, that, actually, that actually tracks with the original series because there's that you know in uh, season three the Enterprise incident which the guest star was Joanne Linville she just passed away recently the female Romulan commander it was revealed that Klingons and Romulans and this was this was a, a budgeting issue of the time use that same design okay all so right that, that that part is on the level but that's about it don't like it don't like it I, at all. You, you know what? You, this whole episode is a whole lot of I don't like it. Uh, Wait a week. The last one. <laughs> oh, my God. Episode 20. So take us home. We got the last three episodes. Number 20 right. is Albatross. How aptly named. Yes. 
Uh, Dr. McCoy is arrested for allegedly causing a deadly plague, which once ravaged the planet Tremia. Once, once ravaged it. Right. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. So yeah, the, the, uh, it was a, uh, it was a total kind of Bill Cosby situation. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, the, the best part of this episode is Kirk asks Spock what the level of radiation is on the planet. And Spock in all of his scientific knowledge says intense. <laughs> it's, it, it's an, it's intense, man. It's like, super it, intense. Intensity, intensities, man. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's a big thumbs down. So, yeah, there was. It seems like that was. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, the 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 Red Jack episode of the original series, where oh, you know, Scotty was accused of a murder, and of course that was happening yeah. in the present, not the past, but still, right. um, it was a little silly, without a doubt. So, um, yeah, yikes. <laughs> um, episode twenty one. So we're in the home stretch here. How sharper than a serpent's tooth? Try to say that five times fast. Mysterious being threatens the Enterprise if the crew is unable to solve an ancient puzzle. So there, it's Mister Mixelplixic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this right? was on at the same time as the Super Friends. So who knows? So it's, yes. Um, let's see here. <laughs> That's true. Oh my were God! But, weren't they? Weren't they but, both filmation? Uh, no, no. The uh, Super Friends was Hanna Barbera. Oh, that's right. I, yeah, exactly. Um, the animated series. Th- this episode of the animated series won the series a daytime Emmy Award for outstanding children's series. Huh? <laughs> what? So wow. obviously they're seeing a little bit more uh, of this uh, in it. Uh, this marked the first episode of Star Trek to win an Emmy Award. Where I'm going to call bullshit on that. The stand. Yes, set your set your standards a little bit higher because yuck maybe <laughs> Just, they were maybe it was a makeup emmy because they yep. they didn't realize what they had with the original series they opened the they, they opened the uh they opened the wrong envelope no no like that you know how they uh you know how they do makeup oscars you know denzel should have won for malcolm x so he won for training or training day instead you know you know what i mean right 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 right, right. okay yeah. i got it. yeah so it's a make good it's a, it's a do over yeah. i get it i get it all yeah. right very good well at here's, least, look, it's a good thing they had walking bear on the bridge when the traveler showed up right Oh my God! What <laughs> How the can hell? He's just uh, there, right? Lieutenant Walking Bear shows up when they need someone to interpret Native American imagery. Oh my I don't, God, dude! Like, I am just, I, I, I am shaking my head beyond. Well, at the very least, when we get to episode twenty-two, I think we're going out on a high point because we do actually pick up some stuff that's canonical. Um, so this one is me, right? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. You take sure, it. Sure, why not? I got it. Unusual spaceship pulls the Enterprise into a negative universe where time flows backwards. Uh, now, the Enterprise is transporting uh, retired Starfleet Captain Robert April and his wife Sarah. They both served on the Enterprise. They have both launched the Enterprise some um, 30 something, it was about 25 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they launched the Enterprise. Um, and Wait, so, yes, this, this gives us an actual canon reference to Robert April, who it's funny if you look at the older um, Star Trek uh, encyclopedia books, which either black or white or color, as you thumb through it, the, the Robert April entry, because it is made canonical by this, is a picture of a Starfleet body with Gene Roddenberry's head slapped on top of it. So, uh, Robert uh, April uh, really is supposed to be. In live action, it's supposed to be Gene Roddenberry. So interesting. This was cool. This now, was the one they were turning into babies, but you know, yeah. Spock was, and so yeah, they lowered Kirk's voice as time went on, and then they <laughs> then were they were all crawling around on the bridge. Um, oh, now, okay, geez. look, here's a couple things. First of all, are you sure that that was um, Mrs. Robert April, or was it one of the Wonder Twins? <laughs> did she did, did she end up? Did she end? Oh, the. <laughs> The outfit she was wearing, dude, I swear to God, that was my first note. It's it's Robert April. Holy crap. And one of the Wonder Twins? Oh, Wonder no, wait. Twin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she was the inspiration because I think the Wonder Four Twins months. came on later on in the Super Friends because right. there was Wendy and Marvin and uh, Wonder Dog to kick the series off as the right. the human cohorts to, you know, you got to have a dog to make things all all happy slappy. So I, I have a couple um, things I want to say about this though. The, please. She's carrying a flower for no other reason <laughs> than to carry a flower. And one of her first lines is my flower is dying. Right. As she's getting yes. older, right. The flower's like dying. They ought to be getting older. 
sounds like they ought to be taking her to that crazy farm where the Garth of Izar and the the Ryan chick are eh? Yvonne Craig is at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But this that, is a kid show. My flower is dying. What? <laughs> I and then don't. when they're going back in time, Kirk says to her, I see your flower has blossomed again. <laughs> Christ's sakes. Oh boy. What is going on on this show? That's a big, that is a big thumbs down. So, so that, that's the end of the, (laughs) oh my God, that's the end of this deal. So I do have this, yeah, I do have this article attached uh, for us to look at. And I would, I would simply tell you to scroll to the bottom of it where it says production inconsistencies, because there are, there are a lot of them with weird colors. So yeah, we have rich. If you scroll down just about to the bottom of this page, uh, it does say um, one of the unfortunate realities of the animated series was color discrepancy. The most oh, notable was everything being pink. So we had pink tribbles, pink Klingon uniforms, pink Kazinti uniforms, <laughs> pink 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 ship, red dragon, purple pterodactyls. It sounds like it should all be in Lucky Charms. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot a lot of weird reversed colors. Um, we got a lot of weird uniform stuff. So uh, McCoy is wearing, you know, a gold uniform at one point. Kirk right. is wearing a red uniform at one point. Um, you just got a lot of flippity flop. And you've got, if you look at the pictures of the on one end is a helmsman, and then they swapped it out, and he's he's they just changed color. He's black instead of white. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of yeah. The animated series did weird things like putting a second turbo lift on the bridge. Uh, the bridge right. stations are rounded instead of hexagonal, and then the access stairs on engineering are gone. So they just decided to do weird stuff. There was an episode where who are the one that they avoided was uh, televising Uhura having white skin, but it sounds like it was a pretty close call oh by God. the sound of this. So, you know, in the final analysis, you know, one of these, what did this contribute to the, the franchise uh, overall is that, you know, it, it kept the ball in play while the series was yeah. gaining momentum throughout the 1970s in syndication. You know, it, being that it was an in syndication, it was on five days a week. So maybe it was, you know, it was on after the nightly news. So everybody sat down and watched. I mean, how many people, yourself included, Rich, if I'm not mistaken, were watched that on television five days a week with I, with, with yeah. a family member? Exactly. You're Absolutely. watching with your with your aunt or your brothers or mm-hmm. your folks or your grandparents or somebody. Um, and so th- this was. I would say kind of a punctuation to that during the you know year and a half that it was on is that it served to really further that desire because it was really right around 70, 72, 73, 74. We had the first Star Trek convention, which was in New York City at a hotel somewhere, and they were expecting – Jimmy Dewan tells the story in an interview I've read um, – they were expecting about 50 people. They got something like 1,500, 2,000 people. And My godmother was one of them. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. But, yeah, things just have exploded since then to the point that there have been decades of enormous conventions. And there's the one in San Diego that draws, you know, 150 guests and people come from all over the world. There are, you know, conventions. You know, there's huge ones in London and Germany. So it, – this was, uh, I won't call it a footnote because it is a standalone series of its own, but the sheer amount of ridiculousness and dated references, and not that there's not dated references in the original series. Or even but, the next generation. Ex- yeah, to the 1980s, exactly. Yeah. So um, so it has its place, but again, Gene Roddenberry himself said, well, I don't really consider it canon. So it's really, think about it as the star trek version of the star wars eu they threw it out but when they saw something that they could give a little wink and a nod or something that might work its way back into canon that made sense they did it so well and then there's there's a there's a trek versus transformers crossover comic that i got and uh mores is in that comic it's it's based on the animated series so basically they took the animated series look and they plunked it together with transformers uh, and we were going to do a separate episode about we that, were yeah we, we, were gonna... we, we found that there were kind of other things as as a committee we voted on it and, and decided we wanted to kind of do other stuff so anyway any final thoughts before we move on to the news uh okay just so a couple i know i ragged on this series a lot we talked about it um and and i i knew that i was going to have only bad things to say about it but <laughs> there were a lot of talented people involved in this and some of these inconsistencies and some of these, you know, goofs and everything and some of the silliness of this is directly the fault of um, filmation. You know what I mean? And but but 
there, uh, regardless, there are very talented people that worked on this. You said DC Fontana, there's David Gerald, there's, uh, there's Walter Koenig. There's so many other people. Robert Wise had a hand in this in one point and he's what, he's going to direct the first motion picture. Right. Right. Um, so it, it's, I don't want to crap on their work, but I will definitely crap on filmation and the goofiness of this show because holy hell, this was a goofy, goofy show. <laughs> That's all yeah. I got to say about it. <laughs> big time, big time. So, okay, moving on. Uh, yeah. We have a bright spot with one of the people that was involved in the fr- uh, the trilogy of films that you and I can't stand. Uh, uh, one of the only bright spots of the Kelvin Universe slash JJ track, which we tear on regularly on the show. Simon <laughs> Pegg played Scotty in that, and I thought he was. I, I love anything that he does, and we actually yeah. we we covered this uh, on uh, Secret Friends Unite. Todd and I talked about this about that on the recording which you'll you'll have heard the latest episode uh friday before this comes out um but there is a rumor and i i I sourced it uk times that sounds that sounds very reputable right is that simon (laughs) pegg is working on uh, a spinoff of galaxy quest this was a uh, 1995 film and kind of near and dear to my heart not only because i know todd has affinity of it because it was it was the last movie that todd went to in the theater with his father before his dad got really sick uh and his dad passed away a number of years later he had i believe he had ms uh so i know this is very important to todd uh which makes this important to me because todd's my best friend but i i am particularly kind of enamored with this film because this is i i am the assistant director of the uh College of Science Fiction Fantasy on Starfleet, the online Starfleet Academy, and this is this is, there's a, a segment on these movies uh, that people take the exams for pretty frequently. So I get I get as as I'm going through and grading these, I'm I'm reminded of these a lot. Um, so I think this is cool. I loved it. And again, 1995 film that had uh, Tim Allen, native of Michigan, uh, yeah. along with the late Alan Rickman, great role. Uh, mm-hmm. You had, of course, Sigourney Weaver. You had, yes. uh, you had actually had a very young Sam Rockwell was in yes. that film. You had what's his butt, who was the guy from Monk, who yeah. was on Wings at the time. You know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so just a very fun film that that very tongue in cheek just poked at Star Trek fandom. So it was absolutely great. So this also, seems very... also has uh, Dwight Schrute in it. Um, I can't remember the yes. Guy's name. He, he, he was, shows up as one oh, of the... Oh, Rain, uh, Rain Wilson, yeah. Rain yeah, Rain Wilson, Wilson who, that's him, yep. Who is, of course, to bring it back around again, is Harry Mudd in the Discovery timeline. Right, um, and does a really good job with that. Absolutely, yeah, probably even, even you know, strike me down better than the original in some ways. So, oh, I'm waiting for that lightning bolt. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this is fun. And, again, this is just this is just really a touch on the concept that this could be happening. So this is very cool. And I will certainly uh, be looking forward um, to, to learn, to learning more about this as time goes by. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, well, if there was a good thing that came out of the uh, Star Trek that shall not be named, um, <laughs> it would be Simon Pegg's Simon Pegg now is, is listed when it comes to sci-fi stuff as Star Trek's Simon Pegg. And, I'm like you. I love Simon Pegg. I've, I'll watch anything he's in, um, and I've I've read and listened to his autobiography, which is fantastic. If you haven't read it, give it a listen. Um, but it, it's called Nerd Do Well. It's fantastic. But well, yeah, he is yeah. truly one of us. Yes. Yeah, he is definitely one of us. And 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 Simon Pegg being associated with Star Trek in any way is just fine with me. Um, I'll watch this if it comes out. That's for sure. So. My goodness. Well, uh, to end the show, we do have, and we don't always have a, a uh, you know, a swag box section or what, what, what did I very cleverly name this Starfleet trading post about merchandise? Because <laughs> again, some of it just kind of flies, flies over my head, no pun intended, but, right. um, this is, this is kind of a combo one, um, new ships from Eagle Moss. Uh, you, you've got some new prints and then finally a preview of the Borg advent calendar. Now I, um, I've kind of all, but ended my my you know i've talked about this a lot about uh eagle moss because again the original line ended after 180 issues and every issue was really a not to scale model not 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 to scale of each other obviously and right. a magazine and a magazine that was all about not only 
the ship, but then also had a nice little article and featurettes. And those were nice and big, and I had a binder I could put them in, but then they got really small, so there and there was no binder to put them in, so that kind of got to be a hassle. And then the line came to an end. Well, the the hero the hero collector, the Eagle Moss people have kept things going. They're now making ships from the Star Trek Online uh, game, which again I've never really dabbled with, but the models are slightly bigger and a little bit more expensive and so that's kind of been a turnoff. Now the ones that they've done they are doing from Discovery are noticeably larger and noticeably more expensive and then there's also the the XL line which is previously released, you know, they've gone for hero ships and I've bought I, I purchased exactly one which is the the 3 Nacelle Enterprise which is the the ship that is our Grand Petoskey, our fan club chapter. I, I don't find it to be gigantic size to the point that I was really impressed with the fact that it was 75 bucks instead of 20. Um, so, you know, my love affair with Eagle Moss has kind of ended, but they've got a couple here. They have, uh, they have a Tholian ship, they have a Starfleet vessel, and then they have a transport tug from Picard that you see at the Utopia Planitia as it's blowing up, which is a big plot line of this, of the, of that season. So, um, Eagle Moss is also doing, we've talked about this on the, the, the show before they're doing this build the enterprise D. You get yeah. a monthly shipment that has a piece that at the end of it ends up costing you almost two grand. To build Jesus. And it's in, in no way, shape, or form worth it. Now, that being said, even just to look at the screen caps of this video, it's very cool. They've got, they've got the <laughs> framework that you put the panels on top of, and that's really great. But, oh, my God. $2,000. There's no way I would spend $2,000 really on any collectible, uh, uh, yeah. e- even though it's obviously amortized over time. But uh, the big hit, I don't know, Richard, where do you where do you stand with models? Do you have any of the Eagle Moss models or anything like that? Or I don't. I actually, um, I have, <laughs> all I really have are some diecast Star Wars models. But uh, but back in the day, I did do like you know the, the models that you put together yourself, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they no, no, these like model kits. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would put I, yeah. together my own model kits, but no, I, I don't. Have, I don't usually yeah. generally do that. So I have one of the Enterprise D, and I probably mentioned this before, but I have one of the Enterprise D. It yep. was the original issuing from 1987, so when the show was brand new, the saucer separated, and for years I struggled with it. I finally used a few of the Velcro dots that we use on our Starfleet uniforms to affix the badges. To oh, make nice. sure that the the saucer, I put like four or five of them in there to make sure the saucer would stay on. But uh, anyway, the the final bit, and we talked you and you and Aaron and I talked about this not that long ago, is that the Borg Cube Advent Calendar is up for pre order. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a big enchilada. It's going to be about 140 bucks, which is you know usually you go if you buy a Lego Advent Calendar for Harry Potter or Star Wars, where it is. We've had the Star Wars one a couple times here. Um, it's about 40 bucks. So this is obviously. It's a hundred bucks more than that, but when you look at the goodies contained therein, there are some that are pretty substantive. So, uh, metal metal uh, enterprise bookmark. Uh, you've got what is this other piece? Right, this oh yeah, Delta Fleet. It says bottle opener. I think yeah, I would I would have that same cut. <laughs> Um, some micro posters, uh, you've got a, you know, a, a full size coffee mug, you know, a pair of socks. So you've got some kind of neat swag in there. I'm still smart that, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what, that's what it kind of tips itself off to be. So yeah. I'm still kind of struggling. And then some like TOS coasters, which would be cardboard, which means if you set a sweaty drink on there, they can destroy them anyway. So <laughs> I don't really know how much that's going to pay off. So. I'm still kind of struggling with this. I mean, Rich, where do you stand? Is this something you, that you think you're going to snap up? Nah, I'm probably going to skip this. It does look, um, it looks, I'm not going to say it looks cheaply made, but it looks like the things that are coming in it aren't really that it's big. Not, like, it's not yeah. going to add up to $140 of value. No, no. Well, they, you know, they thought it was a coffee mug when we first saw those pictures of it. I thought there was a coffee mug, but it's actually like a little espresso cup. I don't drink espresso, no. you know, I mean. So, I didn't even I didn't even catch that. So yeah. you know, while while in in you know in theory not in practice, give me a Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar, and I or even <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, the the what's a what's a Brio, not Brio, but the the knockoff version of Lego that has the Star Trek license. That oh, I would be Playmobil. In. Playmobil. No, 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 no. I think it is Brio. Playmobil is the kids is one. So well, I don't know. Playmobil just announced. That, I don't know if you saw this, but Playmobil just announced that they have they're gonna they're gonna put out a a, a USS Enterprise. TOS like playset that's going to be a five hundred dollar playset. I did see that, and that is the dumbest thing that I can imagine. <laughs> big, big 
big thumbs because yeah, I've seen it. I'm like 500 bucks. <laughs> I think if I had 500 bucks, I would go out and buy a very nearly uh, USS flag from GI Joe from 1985. There you I, go, man. Because I have a local shop that is selling one for probably Ooh. 600 bucks. So yeah. th- if I was gonna, if I was really gonna, that's just that's just dumb. That's one of those, you know, throwing throwing. S at the wall and seeing what sticks. Oh, I look, I edited myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my. Well, that brings us to the end of the road. It has been quite an animated journey. So Richie, why don't you take us out of here? Absolutely. For more information about Starfleet International in Michigan and beyond, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey and USS Nomad on Facebook. My goodness. Thank you. And thank you for joining us, friends. We are, of course, a part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. You are listening to Code 47. All about Star Trek. The Holocron Chronicles is biweekly. All about Star Wars. Co-op mode, also biweekly, is all about video games. And every Friday since 2014, your guide to the geek side, the Secret Friends Unite podcast, is your a la carte geek sampling. So we've got a great new website. All of our episodes can be found there. Plus, Great original content, including some blog posts that I've written. Uh, SecretFriendsUnite.com. Go there. Tell your friends. Share it around. We're also over on Twitter. Anybody who thinks we're total morons talking about the animated series like we totally got it wrong, (laughs) at SecretFriendsU, let us know. Uh, We've also got a great merchandise store. Not as expensive as the the, the advent calendar, but you can get yourself uh, shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, and different and coffee mugs, real coffee mugs, full-size coffee mugs, and a tumbler uh, from our store over there. All of the benefits, uh, all the proceeds of that benefit uh, making of the show. So, oh, I, I feel like I've got to do. I feel like I got to do Aaron's part here. Uh, do they? Do they have? Um, do they have hoodies? They have hoodies. <laughs> okay, very. Are, that's, oh, you I, got another one? I, no, I'm not, I'm not as good as she is. I, I, Aaron, you should have been here, man. We should have had you here. You should, you 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 could have should have been there. Could've oh my have. goodness! Well, if only friends, she would have watched the animated series. <laughs> I know we, we we couldn't get her that far. Friends, once more, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring, and to keep on trekking. And the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. <laughs> <laughs>